BBC Good Food Show Winter, an absolutely packed show uh, at the NEC, and so many top chefs and cooks all over the place giving brilliant demonstrations, one of which has joined me in the studio, Benjamina Ebui. Is that, Ebwehi. Got, Ebwehi. There we go. I got it right <laughs> second it. time. No, I'm, right. I'm, glad, I'm glad we sorted that one out. Fantastic. <laughs> um, really good to um, see you. Um, you are on one of the stages later on today, aren't yes. you? First of all, tell us what you're going to be doing on stage. I am going to be making some lovely festive bakes. We've got a nice parsnip, ginger and orange loaf, which is one of my favourites and such a good way to use up veg. And later I'll also be making a chocolate and hazelnut rosemary Swiss roll. Ooh, that sounds good. Now, good. Let's just deal with this one. Parsnips. <laughs> Excuse me. Parsnips in a cake. Very divisive. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like sprouts at Christmas, yeah. isn't it? But uh, uh, where does that come from? Is that something of your own or is that have you used this in, in baking before? I think I, we're so comfortable with carrots. You say carrot and everyone's like, of course, we're going to have carrots in a cake. And yeah. parsnips aren't that dissimilar to carrots. And I think have a lot more flavour in them. They've got a really nice woody kind of earthy texture and they work very similar to carrots. So mm. in the same way you'd be comfortable with carrots in a cake, I think parsnips deserve just as much, if not a bit more, love. And so I thought, how can I incorporate parsnips in, in a cake? And it just came up with this. So that's excellent. So now, are there other veg, therefore? I'm, what I'm thinking about is people who are looking for leftovers mm. at Christmas. Mm. And, you know, we go, we go down the turkey curry and all the rest of it. <laughs> but now you've, you've started my, my brain whizzing with the, with the parsley. What the else parsnips? can we put in cakes then? I mean, well, parsnip's good in cake, but also I love them in scones. If you've got a lot of parsnips, parsnips grated in some scones, absolutely delicious. And you can make them sweet or savoury. So I love doing that as well. Um, of course, carrots. We've got loads of things we can do with carrots, carrots, cakes. Um, squash is really good to use for baking. Um, it's quite sweet as well. Squa it? Yeah, yeah, squash is a good one. I do really nice squash soda bread. So if you've got a lot of squash, you can just mash that all up, stick it in some soda bread. And that gives a really nice kind of wintry autumnal flavour. Yeah. Um, rhubarb is really good as well, which is technically a veg. That can go in a lot of things, um, lots of cakes and jams and compots. Um, so lots of things you can do with veg. That is a cracking quiz question. Is rhubarb, <laughs> a, I love that, a fruit or a veg? <laughs> I'm going to remember one. that one. <laughs> now, your route to where you are now is um, through... Great British Bake Off. Mm. Um, that must have been a great experience. Oh, <clears throat> once in a lifetime, life-changing, incredible experience. Absolutely loved it. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now if that wasn't part of the journey. So always grateful to, to the Bake Off family. And your second book came out this year. Tell me about that. Yes, A Good Day to Bake, um, my second little baby. And it's just full of recipes. It was written during lockdown and it's just full of recipes that are just really good for your mood, just to uplift you, really simple therapeutic recipes, but really packed with flavour. Flavour is always something that is, I think I want to keep at the forefront of the work um, that I put out. And so chapters are split into herbs and tea, chocolate, vegetables, stone fruit and berries, spice. So very flavour forward um, recipes that are still simple, still approachable, but just have a little twist to make them mm. a bit interesting. Where's your passion for baking come from? This is something you, you did at home when you were much younger. Yeah, I've just, I was that kid that was always in the kitchen trying to help, probably <laughs> making more of a mess than actually helping. Licking the spoon. Um, I used to lick the spoons yeah, when my mum was baking. Yeah, <laughs> but my mum didn't bake much at all, so cooked loads, but baking was just never something that she did. And I had a sweet tooth and, you know, be like, why can we, why don't we have any cake in the house? Um, and so she would like buy me kids' cookbooks and just like slowly kind of just play around and work my way through those. And I just developed a real love for 
the sweeter side of of yeah of baking. Mm. Have you visited the Good Food Show before? I have. This is actually my first time, oh. which is very exciting. So I'm taking it in as someone on stage, but also a bit of like a guest and just walking around and seeing all their like exhibitors and stuff. It's really cool. It's amazing, isn't it, when you look at some of the small producers that are here, mm. people who've changed direction over the past couple of years for for whatever reason, and now putting their heart and soul and into a, a passion for bringing great food mm. and, and new products out there. And it's it's important that people like you at the forefront of writing the books and developing recipes and recognise that, mm. that hard work that's going on, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And I think it's, you know, the food industry, everyone has their own thing, but it really works. Everyone's got to work together and that's what makes it so beautiful. So you support the small producers and you support the people who are putting out these incredible products that we get to use and share with other people in our recipes and our writing. So it really is, a, you know, quite a, a cycle. We've all got to kind of help each other. Yeah. You go into any bookshop and go up to the, the baking section or the cooking section and it is rammed floor from floor to ceiling, isn't it? Which which often sometimes makes me think, where is the space in the market for another book? And, and, mm. where, do, and where do you get those ideas from? I mean, how, what's your process for, for thinking about your book? Because I suspect that your second book isn't your last book. You've got, you've got <laughs> no. another one in there somewhere. Always another one so, coming. So what, where do the ideas come from for the new mm. recipes and the, the things that are going to make that jump off the shelf? I think you've got to draw what I would always just draw experience from my current situation so this second one was written during lockdown and so that really influenced a lot of you know the, the way that I was writing and the style of recipes that I wanted to put in um, but in terms of flavors I just I always go with things that I love myself so what would I really want to eat what would I just love right here right now and I'm always influenced by my mood that really kind of sways what I go for and so you know recipes that I want to make when I just want to be on the sofa and watch a movie what do I want to eat when I'm doing that and just thinking of situations and then I guess incorporating flavors and mm. and then drawing inspiration from food that I eat in other restaurants and um, in other bakeries and then putting your own kind of spin on it so there's always there's always more to to create so what is your favorite let us in on a secret come on what's your your top choice if, if you just said if you could eat mm. something that's in front of you now what would it be if I could click my fingers and magically oh. Well, right here, right now, I think, you know, it's, it's cold out there. It's cold. So it something is. hearty, something warming, something spiced. So maybe like a custard tart, but like a spiced custard tart. Because I mean, custards, I, I love you custards can't go wrong in any shape you. or form. Yeah. So it's a nice spiced custard tart. I always love when I get the chance to go to Portugal. And oh, they have the and pastel the little... Absolutely. And you have them warm yes. with a coffee. And you can't just have one. Never. <laughs> At least three. <laughs> uh, who are your big uh, influences? Who are the people who you, you looked at? And I, I mean, I was talking to some young people because they have schools coming into mm. the, the show. And I said, you know, what, what are you, why are you here? What are you looking at? And they said, well, I'm looking at the chefs because that's what I want to do. Mm. So there's an aspiration. There will be somebody out there who wants to do what you've done. Mm. Um, who is your inspiration? A real mix. I think Ottolenghi, for sure. I mean, I'm sure he's inspiration for most people here. Mm. Um, I just love the way he uses flavour and the way he just works with ingredients and just comes up with things that are so unique and so different, but so delicious and achievable. So he's a massive one that I've always really been inspired by. But also, I think just regular people online. I think social media has played such a big role still plays a big role in food today and how we see food, how we get to access recipes. Um, and so just people that I follow and that I've interacted with online have totally inspired me with things that they make. And you really form a community on there and you form real friendships. And yeah, to be able to, they, they do really inspire me mm. as well. 
And therefore, what advice would you give to somebody who will come and watch you this afternoon doing baking and think, I want to be the next Benjamina, but mm. I don't know how to do it, or mm. I'm too worried about taking that next step, and maybe mm. I'm not clever enough. What, what advice would you give those people? Oh, I mean, practice is a huge one. I mean, I didn't get here just by chance. It was, you know, you really got to, you got to put in the work and, you know, not to get put down or kind of put off when things don't always go according to plan. So a lot, a lot of practice and just dedicating as much time as you can Mm. to working on areas that you're not as strong at if it's, you know, pastry or something like that. Um, And just, yeah, building community, I think is really important and just not kind of not doing it alone. You always need help. There's always advice that someone can give you. And as much as you can get that from, I guess, the bigger names, there are also people around you who can give you just as much really invaluable information and help and feedback on Mm. what you're doing. Lots of... Uh, international influence in the food that we eat. We're a very multicultural country now um, and, and lots of uh, overseas food and cuisines coming mm. in. Lots of overseas baking I see mm. coming in today. I was chatting to some people from Poland who, who've brought their little dumplings and, mm. and things over. But lots of, of influences uh, in baking, not just cooking now, isn't there? Mm, yeah, baking. And I think, yeah, it's all, baking and cooking have always been so separate, but there is yeah. so much crossover. You have to concentrate in baking because it's all do. precise. It's, it's <laughs> science. Do. It's science. <laughs> Science, but it's still you can there is still flexibility and you can still put your spin on it and add your own flavors so there is a lot of crossover in baking and cooking and i think yeah as much what what influences cooking also influences baking and we're seeing more um people being comfortable with different spices and different ingredients and drawing inspiration from like the middle east and um south america and just coming up with really cool ideas um so yeah it's very exciting to see how much of the 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 global stage influences our baking. It is. Benjamin, it's been a real pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you for coming in to see us. Enjoy your time uh, on the Get Thank Baking you. stage here at uh, BBC Good Food Show Winter. Thanks for having me.